Hey there, Sister Kathleen here at Touching the Sunrise Podcast, and I'm here with Jeanette again for another conversation on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So welcome, Jeanette. Thank you so much, Sister Catherine. It's so good to be here again. And as we've been doing these podcasts and talking about these different gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's really led me to reflect on how incredibly active the Holy Spirit has been in each of us since baptism. And obviously how much God through the Holy Spirit desires to be fully present in each of us. And if we don't believe that, all we have to do is look at the all of these gifts and how interconnected they are and how the Holy Spirit just keeps giving us more and more and more so that God can dwell inside us. And I'm just... I'm just amazed at these, at, you know, as, as you said earlier about, you know, we don't think about them. We, we study them and then we sort of don't think about them. And to be really reflecting on them is just awe-inspiring in a way. And how appropriate that I should bring up that word. <laughs> because today we're going to be exploring the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the fear of the Lord. This probably more than any of the other gifts is the most misunderstood because we think of fear and hope as opposites. Who wants to fear something? We shy away from fear. That's not something that we desire. But the fear of the Lord actually is what confirms the virtue of hope. It gives us the desire not to offend God. It gives us the certainty that God will supply us the grace that we need in order to keep from offending Him. And our desire not to offend God is more than just this sense of duty. And, and we've talked about this earlier when we first were talking about piety. Like piety, the fear of the Lord actually comes out of love. I'd like to go back really quick. When you were talking about how the Holy Spirit must want to be like fully active in his gifts in a Christian life. And like fully present, but fully active. And I'm wondering even myself, what would that look like? If all my words were, all my actions, all my responses, all my, everything I did really came from being propelled in a sense by the movement of the Holy Spirit. On the Old Testament, the word fear of the Lord appears over a hundred times. Um, one example is from the book of Deuteronomy. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to follow his ways exactly, to love and serve the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul? However, by the time we, we reach the New Testament, it's interesting to note that the term is only mentioned two times, and it has been transformed from a, a fear that we would recognize as fear into a sense of awe. And this awe is, is more joy-filled than it's horrified. It's, it's, it's the gift of fear that gives us an unmistakable and irrefutable sense of God's closeness. He's, he's omnipresent, so God is close no matter what. But, but it's our sense of closeness that we long for and that sometimes we miss and we feel God isn't close to us. But it's really the gift of God that allows us to have this unmistakable and irrefutable sense of God's closeness 
and God's ultimate victory over all evil in the world. Well, I love your use of the word awe there, sister, because um, I wanted to talk a little bit about someone who's written about this, which is out of, out of St. Thomas Aquinas. He writes, with the gift of fear of the Lord, we are aware of the glory and majesty of God. A person with wonder and awe, there's your word, a person with wonder and awe knows that God is the perfection of all we desire, perfect knowledge, perfect goodness, perfect power, and perfect love. And then he goes on to, to describe the gift as a fear of separating oneself from God. And I really dwell on that a lot because my mother used to say when she was first teaching us about just the rudiments of faith, and she's telling, talking about heaven and hell. And my sister asked her, well, is it true that there's fire in hell? And my mother said, well, we don't know. But she said, to me, hell would be total and complete and permanent separation from God. And I always remember that, that there's that fear of us in not being part of the wonder of God. And Aquinas certainly talks about that fear of, of being separated from God. And he describes it as a filial fear, like a child's fear of offending his father, rather than he distinguishes it from a servile fear, which is the fear of punishment. So we obey not because we're afraid of being punished, but we obey because we don't want to offend God. We don't want to separate ourselves from God. It also is, is knowing that God is all-powerful. Fear of the Lord, we're told in Proverbs, is the beginning of wisdom because it puts our mindset in its correct location with respect to God. We are the finite dependent creatures he is the infinite, all-powerful creator. So he goes on to talk about what it's not. You know, we just talked about what it is, but what the fear of the Lord is not. The fear of the Lord is not servile, but filial, as we've seen. Not that punishment, not that desire to escape from, from something, but rather an impulse toward God, not wanting to offend God, and as, as, he's, as we just said, it parallels our desire not to offend parents. And yet that many people, you know, they look at that verse out of Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and think of the, that the fear of the Lord is something that's good to have when you first start out as a Christian, but that you should grow beyond it. So you start with fear and then you move forward somehow into wisdom. And that's really not the case. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because it is one of the foundations of our religious life. Just as the desire to do what our parents wish us to do should remain with us our entire lives. We don't drop the lessons that we learned as children when we become adults. All wisdom, every bit of wisdom has its source in God. And God is the one who, as we read in Sirach, lavishes it on his friends it tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning and the end of human wisdom. I'd like to just go a little further than that. To fear the Lord, this awe is it's almost like to bow before mysteries that we could never comprehend. Right. Mysteries like our freedom to choose. 
when we look at someone who, who hurts another person, they have the freedom to choose. Even though our free choices often have dire consequences for another's. And another's freedom to choose may have dire consequences for ourselves or one that we love. And to bow before God who gave us free will, even in states like that, in a situation like that, is such a powerful witness to our sense of, of, of a humble reverence of the majesty and immense glory and wisdom of God. You know, it's, it's more than saying, well, I don't quite get it, but I'm sure God does. Right. Like, even though I could never comprehend how this could be, I will bow before you. So to St. Bonaventure, for the fear of the Lord was, he said, the most beautiful tree planted in the heart of a holy man, which God waters continuously. And this most beautiful tree bears the precious fruit of love and reverence for God. So as you were saying, Jeanette, we don't leave behind fear of the Lord for love. Mm -hmm. the, the sense of fear of the Lord of awe bears the fruit of love and of reverence for God. And he referred to it as a sort of trembling before experiences of God's majesty. And, and we, we all know this song, song, sung many times in parishes, let all mortal flesh keep silence. The words are, let all mortal flesh, all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly minded, for with blessing in his hand, Christ our God to earth descendeth, our full homage to demand. So this fear of the Lord that St. Bonaventure had in mind is, is sort of a continuum, as you were saying, that spans a certain range depending upon one's perfection in the life of grace, from servile fear to filial fear to a fear driven out of love, which, which is almost indistinguishable from love. So, so in a sense, you could say this awe that, that Bonaventure is talking about, this fear of the Lord is, is almost in service of union, in service of bringing us to that full completion of our human journey, which was always meant to be complete union with God. And I, I have here a little bit from St. Bernard I'd love to share. He says, as a prayer, my Lord and my God, all my good consists in being united to you. Mm. All my good. I'm placing all my hope in you. If my soul were left to itself, it would be like a puff of wind which goes away and does not return. Without you, I can do no good, nor can I remain steadfast. Without you, I cannot love you. I cannot please you. I cannot avoid what is displeasing to you. So, so the awe, the fear of the Lord brings in this, this reality that we have a choice not to. We have, uh, we have a, this reality that we aren't even able to completely worship, to be completely astonished, to live our life totally in awe of God at every moment of our lives. So it's almost like 
this this awe when you look at it completely it incites us almost to fear ourselves not to fear god because we are the ones who can take ourselves out of this relationship we're the ones who can take ourselves out of this union we ourselves can set up habits and ways of life and thinking and speaking and being that make us that that kind of set up blocks and obstacles on this road to union that the Holy Spirit is trying to almost overcome, attract us, make it so awesome that we realize that it's only in God that we find our total and complete happiness. Yeah, you know, sister, as, as you're speaking, the word that keeps sort of flashing in, in, in my eyes is relationship, that, that God does, desires so much this relationship but it's not an even relationship. It's not a, a, a relationship between equals. To keep this sense of, oh my goodness, that sense of almost mystical awe is, is part of our part of the relationship with God. We're talking about awe, but we also live in a world where we, are, we have our noses in computers most of the time and devices. We have immediate information. Computers themselves teach us to be very logical, coding, et cetera, et cetera. Instant access, instant uh, gratification. And all those things kind of compete against a sense of awe, a sense of astonishment. So what are some ways that we can uh, grow in this sense of of astonishment and awe? I read a study, you know, a couple of years ago. I just found it very interesting. And in that study, they took a group of, of people and some of them they put in front of a really large tree or even a large building, or even they put some in front of a TV and they watched Animal Kingdom, where there was awe-inspiring large, you know, great spaces beautiful tundra, amazing animal shots. And then they put other people reading a book or doing a computer job or whatever. And consistently what they found is that when you look at awesome things, even natural awesome things, you grow in a spirit of of awe. You grow in this, this habit, this openness to being amazed at uh, nature, at amazed at, at everything. You, you, you take the amazement we have at the birth of a child, and instead of just saying, well, that was great, you try to capture that amazement. That's the amazement we should live for our whole life, in a sense. I think you make such a good point about that being missing in the 21st century, that we've become so blasé about everything because we have access to everything. The internet opened doors, but it also closed some in the sense of we don't have these experiences of awe because the world is at our fingertips. Instead, stepping back and being able to take that in. I'm not at all surprised to hear that people responded well to that in the study because we really need it in our lives. Even if it weren't part of the relationship with God, I think that even people who are not Christians still can 
appreciate the fact that that we need something that's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. The amazing thing too in that study was that when all these people were, were emerged from their place of um, experience, came out and then they had someone like drop all their things they were carrying right in front of them. And consistently, it was the people who had the awe-filled experiences who were most likely to help someone else. That is so interesting. Isn't that amazing? It really is. Yeah. So, so when we were talking about, well, what are two things that we can do to prepare our hearts for this activation of the gift of the fear of the Lord? Well, I want to jump in right there because I think that you, your study really revealed one thing you could do, which is to make sure you have some amazing experiences. Right, um, right. To, to, to step out of that 21st century kind of mindset of, of keeping your head down and moving forward that way, and instead opening yourself up to the awe and grandeur of, of God. And we can do that in so many ways, but you know, if you've got nature close to you, I mean, I am extraordinarily fortunate in that I live pretty much on Cape Cod Bay. And so I can look at, out at the ocean in all sorts of weathers and, and just be astonished by it. Um, but even for people who don't live close to something that grand, you can find grandeur in, in just contemplating big things, you know, and, 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 and that can be big ideas and that can be doing something amazing like a, a zip line or whatever whatever stirs you to say oh my goodness look at this world and then look at who created this world and be in awe of god <laughs> well i certainly am not going to go bungee jumping nor am i develop my spirit of awe but here's something a little more uh connected um, another thing you can do is to use the Ignatius prayer method in praying the scripture to more personally experience scripture. So rather than a simple reading about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, for example, you can imagine the details of the sights, the sounds, the smells of personally being there. Like how awesome would it have been to be there at the birth of Jesus, to have walked out of that cave or that stable and have looked at the immensity of the skies and the huge star over you and the shepherds coming. So it's, it's when we, we, have, we allow ourselves even in prayer to really enter into the awe of them through our senses that we're more likely to report awe-inspiring mystical experiences well, thank you so much, Jeanette, for this wonderful conversation. It, it has been very interesting, hasn't it? It's, it's one of the gifts that probably we think about the least, but, but is so sustaining of the others. And, and I think it's fair to say that it helps us respect God. And going back to that image of wanting to please your parent, not because of the punishment that you might incur, but because you want to 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 give them that gift it's not a fear of god but a fear of offending god and i just want to read something very short from the psalms where it says fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom those who practice it have a good understanding his praise will last forever and let us pray 
Come, spirit of holy fear, fill my heart with wonder and admiration of you, creator of all that is good, true, and beautiful. Grant me an outpouring of your grace that I may see your handiwork in the beauty of creation that surrounds me and rejoice in the presence of your splendor and majesty. Amen. Amen. The old adage is, you are the friends you keep. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to join the Touching the Sunrise Hardware community, an intentional group of pilgrims on the way to our eternal homeland. There, through hard work, through conversations, through video casts, through newsletters, there's a blend of spiritual guidance, mentorship, and counseling. The hardware community is a place where you can ask the hard questions and find a path of life that is free, fulfilling and fruitful. So I invite you to join us. You can stop over at our website, touchingthesunrise.com. You can join there, my group on Facebook, join the newsletter, and even learn how to participate in the heartwork community. So I do hope I see you around. And may the spirit who has been poured out upon you flood your spirit with new and